welcome to the Successful Collective podcast with me, Jules Duncan. And myself, Marisa Devlin, talking all things women in business. If you want to find out more, then hit the subscribe button or reach out to us on the Successful Collective on Instagram. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we've got a little bit of a different episode. We've got a very special guest with us. We have Marisa's husband and business partner, Bernie. So we're going to start, as always, I'm going to ask, Bernie, what are you grateful for today? Well, first of all, good morning. Uh, <clears throat> this morning, I'm grateful for another day, another day in this wonderful world to make a difference. Oh, I love that. So that, that, that is what I'm grateful for. Every day you wake up, it's a gift. So it, it certainly is. It certainly is. Yes. And I, do you know, I think things like that are often underestimated. People, when they yeah. talk about gratitude, they're always looking for huge, big things like a car, a big holiday, or some massive life event, a wedding. And I think if we forget to look at just the fact that we're all still here. Yeah, but we, we, we are uh, the commercial world tells us that's what we should be grateful for. Mm. Oh, we should be chasing the next dream, but, you know, life is precious. We see what's going on around the world today, then we, we need to appreciate we've got life and we've got freedom. So let's enjoy it. Exactly. So the listeners of our podcast will be very familiar with you because Marisa and I very nicely <laughs> do mention you quite a lot. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard these stories, Jules. I've heard these rumours. I've actually listened to a few of your podcasts. I think they're exceptionally good and I hope they're helping lots of people out there. Good. So, Marisa, what's it like to have your husband on the podcast and your business partner? Well, can I just say to our listeners, you're correct, that they will be very familiar with the, the name Bernie Devlin because he does get a frequent mention. But this week is going to be quite different because Jules has already given me very strict instructions that I have to, in the very good Scottish word, wished today. So, <laughs> delighted to have you here, Bernie, and... For those who can't see us, we are not in the same room. No, no, fortunately. <laughs> and you can certainly chip in from a business partner point of view, but maybe just not your typical wife point of view. Yeah, it's actually nice to have a bit of freedom to speak, Jules. <laughs> exactly. We've got the mute button at burning. <laughs> right, so let's dive into the questions. And Marisa and I have done a Q&A episode with ourselves. And we've tried to kind of take the questions to a bit deeper of a place rather than just tell us about your business journey, how do you define success, and all those typical questions. Mm -hmm. So we'll start off with a really big question. Looking at your whole business journey, what's your biggest regret? You know, I don't do regrets. Right? And, and I know that that might sound strange. You have a motion of, I wish I'd done things differently. But I think from a business context, and like so many who go in business, my Focus was on outcomes. So, uh, did we hit our targets? Did we achieve the numbers? And that is my biggest regret because you can't control the outcome. You can only control the process. Mm -hmm. So, if I was ever to go back and do it all over again, I think what I would say to people is, enjoy the journey, enjoy the process, because that's where all the learning is, and the outcome's the outcome. Mm -hmm. Either exceed your outcome or you'll be under your outcome. But at the end of the day, the process is where all the learning is. The outcome isn't. It's just the fact that by luck or 
at that month you've you've achieved what you thought you were going to achieve um and that really put me in a, a difficult place at times chasing outcome because you have no control yeah, so focus more on the actions and the process that drive the outcome rather than focusing on the outcome so obviously we talk about values quite a lot on this podcast so what is one value that you live by and why well it's two believe it or not a business one and a personal one no they're both they're both interconnected uh, for me my my uh, values that i live by are honesty and trust mm. in other words uh, do what you say one of my bugbearers in life is i hate bull and i hate spin um, I think at the end of the day, if you're going to commit to something, that's what you do. Uh, and I need to trust people because at the end of the day, you know, there's a there's a common denominator in there that I'm responsible and you're responsible and the two have to meet. Um, and I've, I've got to get that honesty, that feeling that somebody's been genuine. So the two values I live with in personal life, with all my connections and in professional life. Uh, so they're so key to me. And have been for forever, forever. I think they probably quite link like quite closely with yours, Marisa. Yeah, and I think Bernie's done so much work over the years on values, so he's so like as if he's got a value radar. I would say. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, I'm very quick at picking up on people and uh, questioning whether their values or what they're actually saying or how they behave. So yeah, um, spider tentacles is what my friend says. I've got spider tentacles. <laughs> Love it. So <laughs> the next question, Marisa would change the wording of this. Okay. But I think the wording of it's good. So tell us, what's something that you're bad at? Oh, well, I, I'm very self-aware, Jules. Uh, so so I know my my feelings in life, but what one of the key things is uh, overthinking. Hmm. Um, I've got a personality trait which I've identified in myself of being a perfectionist and with that presents a number of challenges for me um, I often feel things aren't good enough and I'm always looking at how I make them better I'm a, bit, I'm a bit like a painter I start a painting and it's never finished and in that context when I start anything that's work related especially in what I do now I'm always thinking, how can I make it better? How can I make it of more value? Rather than accept, maybe that's as good as it's going to get right now. And be happy with it and be content with it. But when you've got a personality trait like that, um, you overthink, you procrastinate, you stop because you think, mm, maybe that's, that's, that's just not good enough. So that is one of my biggest challenges to myself but I'm actively working on that you know I think uh, once you identify a personality trait there's certain things you can do to, to alleviate some of the challenges that come with it but uh, definitely overthinking is one of the challenges I have but like you say self-awareness is key. yeah so Bernie there'll be many people listening to this who are in different phases of their business and guaranteed whether they're perfectionists or not, there'll be so many people that will overthink. Mm -hmm. You've just said that you've been working on that. So what would you suggest that people do if they constantly overthink things? There comes a point where you have to let go, uh, to use another uh, coin of phrase, to surrender to what, what 
what you've created and uh, put it out there and see what the feedback is. The feedback is where the learning takes place. So rather than you sitting there overthinking, procrastinate, you're better getting feedback of what's worked and what hasn't. That enables you the opportunity to get in and reflect and then change what needs to be changed. And that's the key for me. I think in a world of social media and customer reviews and people's opinions, you know, self-worth can be dented because you get feedback. Because you think you've produced a wonderful piece of work and somebody comes in and says, well, quite frankly, that wasn't good or that experience wasn't good or what the case may be. Okay, self-worth is, is if, if your self-worth is built on other people's opinions and you get criticism because you put stuff out there, then that can cause, you know, a lot more overthinking and a lot more procrastination about what you're doing. So at the end of the day, your self-worth has got to be strong. And the learnings take place when you put something out there and you get the feedback. And rather than taking it totally personally, as if you failed, what you've got to do is look at the information and say, okay, can I improve this? How can I make it better? So overthinking is definitely one of my uh, weaknesses, let's call it. Um, but I think now I'm, I'm working on it all the time and I'm putting stuff out there and I'm getting the feedback and if I can improve on it, then I certainly will. Well, the next question, I think the listeners of our podcast might already think they know the answer to this. Okay. So the question is, now, I'll tell you what I think the listeners are going to think, and Marisa's okay. already laughing because she also knows what I'm going to say. Okay. The question is, what are you best at? And I'm sure our listeners are all thinking, cash flow. Bernie's the cash flow guy because we all know Marisa's not the cash flow woman. Well, maybe in a previous life, that was definitely what I was good at. Um, and maybe in our personal finances, that's what I'm good at. But it's not what I would say I'm good at. I would say um, I'm good at helping others. I think uh, from the journey of business, the journey through health scares, uh, and the last few years studying the mind, then I think, and having worked with really super elite people, who are also friends, yeah, I think I've learned a lot that helps others now and hopefully by working with others can alleviate some of the challenges that other people have faced because that's life, isn't it? That's why books exist to educate us. So, you know, if there's somebody out there who can who can educate and I hate using the word shortcut because I think everybody's got to go on their own journey and find out what works for them. But if there's information out there that can help somebody get through things, make them more resilient, help them understand why they feel the way they do, take the the negatives and turn them into positives, then yeah, I think um, that's one of my strengths now. Just let's call it mature experience, Jules. Marisa, would you agree? Yeah, I absolutely would agree. Obviously, um the cash flow thing gets mentioned on a weekly basis on here in every episode. But yeah, Bernie's right. So much of that comes from self-development in himself and then being able to use those tools and those learnings to help those that you know he works with and those that surround him, definitely. So obviously in both what you were bad at and what you were best at, there's been very much a theme of learning and development and 
learning to be better at things. So Marisa, there's hope for you with cash flow yet. You, <laughs> you could learn to be good at it. So good at it. The problem being as Bernable vouched for it is I don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> I've mentioned on this in many episodes that he will always say, I told you that weeks ago, but you'll choose to listen to six other people before you listen to me. <laughs> Yeah. Just, Listen, just, uh, if it motivates us, then we do it. If it doesn't motivate us, then we leave it to somebody else, don't we? So that's maybe the reason it's left to me. <laughs> it's one of your strengths. Play ah, I'll take it. I'll take it, Jules. I'll take it. So looking back at your whole business journey, mm-hmm. what wouldn't you do again? Absolutely nothing. Nothing you would change? Nope. I wouldn't be sitting here today with with the knowledge, the experience, the failures, the successes if I went back and changed things. So I wouldn't change anything. I think I think your life is set out in a path. You make choices, you end up where you are. If you're wise enough, you learn and you move forward. If you're not wise enough, then you get stuck and you can go backwards and it can be quite, quite uh, uncomfortable. But no, I don't think there's anything I would change. Life has, at times, um, been challenging and uh, disappointing. But if you put it all in a pot, it's been more fun than disappointing. So no, I wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change a thing. So and <laughs> on you go, Marisa. Can <laughs> I ask you a question there about what you wouldn't change? So. Probably our listeners don't know this, but you came from a very significant corporate role within a huge global brand and you came into the entrepreneurial side of business. Yeah. Is that a decision that you think was the right decision? It's not it's not a case of whether it was the right decision. It was a decision that was for my family. So therefore it wasn't a case of what being the devil wanted. It was a case of what was morally right at the time. And that's why I would never change it. And, you know, there is a inverted brackets around the corporate world that is so wonderful. And, you know, you get, for me personally, I got to see parts of the world I would never have got to see. I got to work with some great people. But within that corporate world, there's challenges. You know, I, I spoke about process. And the job that I was doing, the process changed every six months. So you never got to an outcome. And for me, who up until that point was outcome driven, I couldn't deal with that. So when I came into the family business, then I had outcomes at my fingertips, which excited me. But the thing was, I didn't appreciate that the process was where all the learning was. And when you come into an environment that you don't know, which was childcare and educating young young kids and the staffing and all the, the thing, you know, had I absorbed myself in that and learned, then I probably would enjoyed the journey a lot more than what I did. But I wouldn't change it. There's absolutely nothing about that journey I would have changed. So in that journey, what's the biggest lesson you took away from it? What was the biggest, most pivotal point that you, of learning? Well, Marisa will know this because I have this conversation monthly, is what was my purpose? What was my purpose? Because one of the things I challenged myself is, why am I here? And in a family business, you play around with job titles. 
and I became a CEO and my wife was the managing director. And at the end of the day, we were just two people trying to do the best we could for the customers. And I'll take away the word customers because they weren't really, but families who were looking for safety and security for their children so they could go out and make a living. And we get caught up in bringing the corporate world into a small family business. And, and we're all just there to do, do the same thing. But I always questioned what my purpose was because I felt personally, I didn't feel as if I felt in. But I think if I was to give advice to those people out there in business now is know what your purpose is. And what you do has to be purposeful. It has to serve others. It's not about you. And this is the biggest thing I've taken out of it, is it wasn't about me and it wasn't about Marisa. It was about all the families we served throughout the 13 years that we were in business. So if your business is serving people and it's bigger than you, and it brings value to their lives. And you would do that job if you had to for free. You're in a great place. You are in a great place. That's your calling at this moment in life. If you have a purpose, it's purposeful, and you do it for free. By God, that's the best business you can be in. I found challenges with that because I couldn't understand what my role, what my purpose was. It's only in reflection now that I can understand the difference we all made. The 120 people over 13 years that we employed who made a difference. So purpose is a big thing I would say to anybody. It's not about chasing what you think is the next new fad. It's not about um, thinking this is a sexy business. Whatever you do has to have a purpose and it has to be bigger than you. So it doesn't rely on you. It's not about you. It's not about your name, your reputation. It has to add value to the people you serve. So that's my biggest lesson. So, Bernie, obviously mm -hmm. I have lived with your journey of seeking out purpose and there will be people listening today will be saying, oh my goodness, I actually don't know what my purpose is. So what what advice would you give them in terms of how do you find your purpose in life? Uh, you don't. You don't find it. You don't find it. The, the, the purpose is serving others. That That's the key. So whether you're an accountancy firm, whether you're a childcare industry, you are serving those people who tap your door and you have to give them the best of you which is obviously bigger than you, bigger than you, because they are paying for a service and they want reassurances that what they are getting is of good value and honesty and integrity. So your purpose is about serving others. It's not about serving yourself. So for me, that's how I would define purpose. And it has to be purposeful. It has to add value. It has to add something to somebody else's life to be purposeful. So there you go. That's my my take on 13 years of trying to search for a purpose. I suppose it's all just about keeping the customer at the very centre of the journey. Why do you do this? Who do you help? And how do you help them? I think a lot of people get lost in the, the numbers of business and the logistics of it, that a lot of people in business lose sight of who did they start out wanting to help and serve? 
Yeah, and I think I think one of the key things you know that over the last five years has made me reflect as well is that um, understanding the psychology of your customers is quite important because I mean we're still in business we're still we're still front facing in a couple of things that customers come back with their opinions and and ratings on how well our staff team have done uh, or how well we've done as individuals. Um, but understanding the psychology of somebody and not taking somebody's bad day to heart because your customers have bad days just like you have bad days. And if you're having a bad day the same day as a customer, that's some cocktail. You know, it doesn't end well. So I think at the end of the day, you've got to understand the psychology of your customers so that you can be empathetic, you can be supportive, you can hopefully deliver on, on the expectation. So, you know, understanding the people that you're serving is key. And when you're in the heat of battle, sometimes you don't do that, but it's really important. It's really important that you understand who you serve. And also understand you can't please everybody all of the time. That's that's life. That's life. So, but yeah, customers are king. That's always been the same in marketing. Yes. Brown, such a good way to finish. And Bernie, if people want to find out more and they want to connect with you, because obviously you do a lot now for helping people with performance and coaching. So if people want to connect with you, where can they find you on social media? Well, the the, the business is Optimum, the Optimum Mindset. Um, it's on Instagram. People can uh, direct message me through that. So listen, I think at the end of the day, it's like what, what I'll end with is, People change when there's enough pain. It's like going to a dentist when you get too thick. You just want relief from the pain. But when it comes to your mind and, and, and trying to process and understand how your mind works, people feel really uncomfortable because they're seen as weak. They're seen as failures. What I would say is, it's like going to a dentist and getting your six-month checkup. Don't leave it to you're in pain because there's more challenges in unraveling what you're pre-programmed with and what your thoughts are. So... People should look at improving their mental health, their mental well-being as a consequence of trying to be mentally stronger, which then helps our health, which then helps our decision-making. So don't leave it until people are too far down the line. Get into it now, because it makes a big, big difference. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sure lots of people have got lots out of that. And you can reach out to Bernie on social media if you want to find out more. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.